0: every time a proud member of the gunna geek network the opinions expressed are those of each individual check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three two one on this week's episode christmas just got a lot more exciting in the entertainment world the game awards has its nominees And Charlie Brown gets to be on public TV after all. All this and more as we reach our next stop the PCC Multiverse.
1: Don't be alarmed. The quasi shimmering light before you is a trans dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm.
0: Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows, and if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, or do whatever you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, including throwing out some of those Facebook gaming stars at us, it is truly appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend normally it is marcus de la garza but he is uh not going to be here this week and my best wishes to him a little bit under the weather this week so i'm hoping for a quick recovery and he'll be on here for pcc multiverse 200 but we'll wait and see but stepping into the big chair again this week is my good friend indeed you got to catch him over at honey queen and the honey Outcast on facebook those are two awesome pop culture groups you got to be a part of today it is knowing and Fine, and Noah, thanks again for stepping into the big chair once again.
2: And no problem for you, sir. Well,
0: I'll tell you what, my friend, there's a lot of things too exciting that we're going to talk about coming up on today's show. First up, we're going to be talking about a lot of great things in the movie world coming up for this Christmas. We'll talk about that here in a sec. The Game Awards... They recently announced their nominees for Game of the Year and some other awards as well. But we'll go into the Game of the Year awards as far as what they're talking about for the Game Awards coming up. We'll see whether we like them, we don't like them, things of that nature. The Lego Christmas Holiday Special debuted on Disney Plus this week, and Noah has seen it. Did he like it, or did he think it was like as bad as the original Star Wars Holiday Special? You'll hear that coming up in a second as well. We've got a great guest on on the back end of the show, Liz Priestley, great actress. You got to check out her work coming up in Concrete Cowboy, coming up next year on Netflix, starring Idris Elba. If you get a chance, please check that out when it comes up because she worked really hard on it. She has a lot of great things to say about it. In fact, we have a great interview coming up with her on the back end of the show. Black Friday deals. I'm going to be talking some Black Friday deals this time at Target. So. Stay tuned for that on the back end of the show. And Charlie Brown, wah, 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 wah. Apple Plus has decided to go ahead and be nice after all in the giving spirit. We'll tell you actually how you can go ahead, even if you don't have Apple Plus, to check out the Charlie Brown holiday specials coming up at the back end of the show as well. But my friend, Christmas is now on the way. And I will tell you this, my friend, it starts off with the major news of the week, Wonder Woman. Heading now, not only on as Christmas date, that was confirmed as going to be the release date, but not only in the form of being released to theaters, whatever few theaters there are out there that are going to be taking care of it, but it's going to be simultaneously released on HBO Max, which is a huge news drop. And the fact you don't have to pay extra money on top of it, i.e. Mulan, giving some smack out there to disney plus on that you don't have to pay more for it is the big kicker so we'll talk about that first before we get into another movie that's actually moved up to go ahead and debut right around the christmas time as well but first off my friend your thoughts on wonder woman 84 just going to go ahead and drop it on christmas day
2: yeah i guess christmas did come early after all here's the thing and 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 again we discussed this with Justice League back in 2017. I got to be honest, I was not the huge fan of the Wonder Woman movie. I know people complained about Batman v Superman and Man of Steel and, you know, the the problem with Gail Godot, you either are on the bus or not with her acting and I feel her range is not there. I don't think the build is there. She's a fighter and that's great and everything but unless she has somebody next to her to play off as, I'm sorry, for me, she doesn't work now. I know that a hero is only good as their villain and they're bringing in Cheetah, of all people, and Kirsten Wigg. It's mostly gonna be a hybrid of, of CGI anyway when she becomes Cheetah, but I still don't know if this movie is going to work for me, whether I saw it in the theater or the fact that it's going to be if you have, you know, the HBO Max without paying the extra $30, I'm like even more surprised about that.
0: Well, that's what I want to talk to you about. That's the big news is that it's dropping same day as it's going to be released in the theaters. A lot of people are excited about it. This is a movie that would be garnering seven, eight hundred, possibly even a billion dollars had it been under normal circumstances. They're dropping it onto HBO Max, and they're not asking for a single penny other than the regular subscription fee. They're really making a big gamble on this because they really want the subscriptions. This is what it's all about—it's getting the subscriptions yeah, to HBO Max.
2: I get it, but I think it's going to do it.
0: I think this is a big name, and it's dropping at, a, at just the right time. I really liked uh, a lot more than both you and also Josh. Uh, you know, Josh thought thought it was okay. I thought it was pretty good as far as the original Wonder Woman. I think Gal Gadot is a sensational Wonder Woman. I have nothing but great things to say about her performance. I understand that that you've said in the past about some things about you're not happy with as far as for her is concerned, I get that. But I'm telling you what, this is gonna be big news for a lot of people that are very excited. And we've seen over the past few months when something is released that's big on any streaming service, that's a huge boost for that specific streaming service. You
2: know what? I'm more intrigued with the Snyder cut of Justice League.
0: Oh yeah, that's big yeah. too. Obviously, yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, that, that that's something that we got to definitely because we we discussed Justice League, so we definitely got to discuss the Snyder cut. But that I'm more intrigued about. You know, if they continue this trend of if you just want to pay for the subscription and not raising the price of subscriptions either, just to put Wonder Woman out there, and I'm sure with enough subscribers, again, they've been trying to do this for years about you just watching blockbusters at home for $25 a pop. I don't mind doing that. But there's a devil and angel on my shoulder when I watch Wonder Woman and and when I see the trio for 1984, it's not doing anything for me. But if it helps HBO Max and it helps get this movie out there, I'm kind of hoping that Disney Plus will do this for Black Widow, which would be
0: smart. And that's what but... that's another thing I want to lead into is I'm excited for Wonder Woman dropping uh, myself as far as Wonder Woman 84 dropping on HBO Max. But you're right, my friend. It it could lead into a situation where Black Widow, Disney+, Plus, may be forced to drop Black Widow on there. And they maybe have to do it now at no extra charge because they're seeing what HBO Max did. Because if they go out and they say, okay, Black Widow now in May... When they have it targeted now, because that's the most current release date for it, if they drop it in May and they just drop it in theaters and this hybrid of theaters and simultaneously dropping it onto the streaming service, they most likely will not be able to go ahead and get away with charging 30 bucks this time around because of the fact that HBO Max, look what they did. They're willing to bite the bullet. Disney Plus may have to as well.
2: My prediction will be that sometime in January, we're going to get Black Widow on Disney Plus. I have this feeling that once the numbers and subscriptions come in, Disney that apparently is hemorrhaging money is going to turn around and say, you know what? They did it for Wonder Woman. We're going to do it for Black Widow. And it'll be interesting to see Wonder Woman versus Black Widow. And and you know what? I'm sure Disney is paying attention to this. So we may actually get Black Widow in December as well. And that'll be interesting because if both are really bleeding out money and they want subscribers and they're going to get more with this, it would just make more sense to me. You know, I'd be more hyped up for Black Widow, but that's, you know, that's the team that I'm on. So I guess we'll find out what happens. They come some way or other. I'm I'm sure we're going to get that one a little earlier now.
0: Well, I, I am a huge Black Widow fan. In fact, my girls are huge Black Widow fans, and I know that's something that we want to see most is Black, a Black Widow. We've been waiting for that movie. We've got our Black Widow merchandise here at the house. We've been waiting for that movie more than any other Marvel movie you know, outside of Avengers Endgame. I want to tell you right now, that's probably what I would love to see is that it, it dropping in January. But I don't know. Like I said, right now, the release date is for May. But if, if, like you said, they're hemorrhaging so much money, that could be the case. That'll be very interesting to see. But now what HBO Max has done is pretty much pigeonholed. They put... Disney Plus against the wall and say, you know what, they've pinned them and said, you know what, go ahead, release Black Widow simultaneously theaters and on streaming service, but you have to do it with no extra charge. So if they they decide to do it, they now can't charge the $30. Otherwise that's a big PR nightmare that Disney Plus would have.
2: Well, I'm glad they did it with Mulan and not with Black Widow and I debated about that, but I think they kind of learned their lesson so, not to be repetition at this point, my prediction will be some way, somehow, that Disney's listening. I'm really crossing my fingers that we're going to get Black Widow this year. We still have time before. They try to release it in that May 2021, but it's just a pipe dream, I guess.
0: Or, <laughs> who knows? Who knows, indeed. But also being released, and that was a movie that's being pushed up, because Disney Plus is releasing Soul straight to Disney+, and they're not actually asking for any other charges for that. But Soul will be released on Disney+, Plus on Christmas. But coming shortly thereafter that was a movie that was pushed up. Quite peculiar, I think, on Sony's part. I don't know why they really wanted to go ahead and do it, but on December 30th, they are pushing the April release of Monster Hunter up to December 30th. So I want to hear your thoughts on Monster Hunter. I mean, that series, it's going to be something that... They're already working on Monster Hunter 2. It's from the folks that you see with Miller Jovovich and also Paul W.S. Anderson, who you saw make so many Resident Evils. And I want to hear your thoughts on that as far as Monster Hunter being moved up to that general time frame. Because they'll be competing with Soul and they'll be competing with Wonder Woman 84. But that movie... To the best of my knowledge, and I've tried to do research on it. I do not think it's a video on demand. I think it's a theatrical release as of now movie as on December 30th.
2: Well, I I guess you see my facial expression right now. Yeah, I did. I'm not ashamed to say I was a huge fan of a couple, not all of them, but a couple of the Resident Evil movies. I do have them on Blu-ray. Didn't review them at the time for reasons because the problem was a lot of people are more fans surprise of the game than they are of the movies. And and video games being turned into movies never seem to work out the way that they want to. But I do feel that Mila Jovich look, I'm a fan of hers. I loved listening to her on the audio commentary of uh, Resident Evil. I loved her in Fifth Element. That's the first time I saw her. I think one, a lot of people saw her. I've never had a chance to play the Monster Hunter game. I know that it's a big franchise now. Unlike Pokemon, you go into an open world, you just fight a lot of monsters, and you make them out of armor, and you, or weapons, use them to hunt more monsters. That seems to be it. Not a bad thing. Can this working, can there actually be a plot to it? You know?
0: But that's not, people, that's not why you go see those films, because the Resident uh, Evil films had no uh, plot. And, you, and there was how many of them? And they made a billion dollars, so... It, she still
2: has appeal in chemistry, so... I am intrigued on this one. It's a Sony movie too. The fact though it's going to go up against Wonder Woman and Soul, I don't think is smart because... No, no, no. no it's not. It's kind of like Harry And it's not Scroll. an on-demand
0: release. All I'm seeing is that there'll be IMAX, a little bit of that, yeah, whatever, well, it's whatever... going to be an IMAX, yeah, yeah, but it's whatever theaters that are going to be made available, they're going to be competing for the same theaters as Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> But uh, it is, as of yet, not an on, on-demand, same-time type deal, as this, we're seeing.
2: This feels like you see Episode nine, or you go see Cats. That's what it's coming down to. So it's either you're going to go see soul or are you going to go see monster hunter you and know, i know you, you
0: saw to... cats first i know you. yeah said... you know what
2: i did i and, and i don't have any regrets with it because i enjoyed it a lot more than episode nine but we'll you're, get there
0: well that's like going from the bad and the stinky to the bad and the stinky but well, that, it, it, that's, and, that's, that's you know, another day that's another day but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hear but, you my friend
2: this is this is like you either see the highly anticipated movie that you know is gonna be the one everybody wants to see or you're gonna see the lump of coal And sometimes the lump of coal will still be talked about. I don't know more people are going to talk about Monster Hunter, mainly because it's from the director of Resident Evil and stars from Resident Evil. So I am a gambler, but this is more of a monster movie than a zombie movie. So whatever she does and whatever he does with her, I would be intrigued. But i'm a gambler to this one if it's an imax more power to it because it feels like it'd be an imax movie but if it's still on demand where would it go because i don't think sony has a subscription service
0: well it would go to netflix or they would set up a deal they have their various deals where they go to as far as they where they distribute their movies but yeah it might go to netflix it might go to amazon i'm sure they've got that already in the works as far as what they would do the only question is, will they go ahead and change their minds and make it a simultaneous release? I think they need to, because if it comes to the fact that maybe they'll release the movie on on demand services two, three months down the line, it's going to be forgotten about because there's so many movies and so many productions right now that are sitting on the shelf that are going to be timed release that everybody's going to forget about Monster Hunter. So the best thing for them to do right now is go ahead and compete on the same level as Wonder Woman 84 and as Soul and be on a streaming service because most people are going to be staying home. They're not going to be going ahead and going out to the theaters because of the situation that's going on. It would be in their best interest, in my opinion, to go ahead and on the 30th, have a simultaneous worldwide release on on on-demand and theaters as well.
2: Well, you know what? It would be great to see a blockbuster, but I still think it would be smarter for it not to go up against
0: Well yeah, yeah, so, I, I would I would put a different time. Yeah, I would have kept don't it at April or something like that. I yeah. mean the movie is being released early in theaters to the UK. I think it's December the fourth, if I'm not mistaken. So in the US it's not being be released till later that month. So I don't know. It just at this point they're making their decisions. Some of them are, are for the best, some of them are not. We've seen already in 2020 some strange decisions and some decisions that have come back to haunt studios. Let's start with Tenet. We'll start with there, but you know what happens when they were really adamant about releasing it in theaters and you see what happened there. Now it's going to come out and it's not exactly done very well at the box office, only earning $350 million worldwide. But something that we're looking forward to seeing is Wonder Woman 84. At least I am, I know Noah is more excited about the Justice League Snyder Cut and I am as well, but that's coming up in 2021. But for right now, Christmas just got a lot better. And that will mean Wonder Woman 84. You can go ahead and check it out in the theaters or on HBO Max with no added extra cost outside of your regular subscription. What are your thoughts on Wonder Woman 84 dropping on Christmas Day as part of HBO Max and HBO Max's subscription deal? And plus also the theaters as well, if you wanted to go ahead and choose that option. Share us your thoughts. Pop at Yahoo.com. Hey, this
2: is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast.
3: Please join us for the very first Indie Pods United Convention. This online event is for both new and veteran podcasters, where we will listen and learn from each other. The online Indie Pods United Convention begins on the 29th November through until the 3rd of December 2020. Featuring amazing shows and information to learn more about the great world of podcasting. For more information and to register for this unmissable event, please visit the website now. IndiePodsUnited.com Indie Pods United Convention
0: together we listen sponsored by pinecast reset business consulting the sj network rocabella Cami, and kelly well my friend there's so much more to talk about on today's program the game awards announced their nominees for this year 2020 and this has been a year for video games that's rest assured that has happened so we're going to focus only right now on Game of the Year. I know we've touched on other shows in the past as far as from direction and things of that nature. But Game of the Year is really where it's at. And here are the nominees for the Game Awards for this year, 2020. Animal Crossing New Horizons, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Part Two. So I want to hear your thoughts Some of these are very high-profile releases that got a lot of love initially. I know there's uh, one in there like the Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I'm not sure you should qualify as a Game of the Year since it's not actually a new original game. I don't think you should really count that. I know you talked about Yakuza, Like a Dragon should be on that list instead, but I know there's some other games, Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, that was also being well thought of. I think they should have waited. For cyberpunk 2077 and allowed that to be a chance to be on the list or did they actually get a chance to review it and does that telling sign that it's not good or it's not great or anything of that nature so i'm not so sure that this is the entire list that they should have put out there i am an issue with final fantasy 7 remake it's a tremendous game don't get me wrong i just think when you put a remake as your best of for 2020 in a year that you've had several offerings that could qualify I think that's a miss on the part of the Game Awards.
2: You know what? I think all award shows at this point are fixed. And I am going to put on my tinfoil hat. But yeah, you're right. It is about the money. And and you didn't hear me in the background, you know, clapping with Final Fantasy VII Remake because I'd be lying insane. I'm glad it got this recognition and, you know, why wouldn't a Final Fantasy game get something?
0: Well, maybe they should make another category because there's now so many remakes and uh, renditions and reimaginings and remasterings. Why not put it in its own category? Because now there's at least 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 remasters released every year. Why not put it in its own category?
2: Because here's the problem, it goes back to what I complained about when they decided for the animated movies that they were going to create a separate category for Best Animated Film. And then they were just picking the ones that they felt that they would go and see, and by that I mean the committee. So it was kind of like in 2009, when it was a great year for animation, but what happened? The movie up, and I have nothing against it, but it got nominated for Best Animated and also for Best Motion Picture. It got nominated twice. And you know what? We knew it wasn't gonna win for best picture, but it ended up winning for best animated film, which I thought was the biggest middle finger to the fans because there were some great movies out there this year. If they do a subcategory for something like remakes and game of the year at this point, it doesn't matter because you know what? You're right. It's a remake, it's a remaster, you know so it's, it's whatever you want to say that Final Fantasy, what whatever they wanted to do with it was but I got to be honest, played the demo and wanted to get the game. However, do I think it's game of the year? Matter of opinion. And as for Yakuza, yeah, you're right. It's a matter of opinion. Cyberpunk, they should have waited because they postponed that. Last of Us 2, I got to be honest, it's an interesting game. I wouldn't consider it a game of the year. Animal Crossing, I've tried playing it. I don't really see what the appeal is. Hades feels like something like out of Diablo, but these are just my opinions. The same thing I say to the Academy Awards and the Golden Globes, and you're right. My pick doesn't win. Am I going to throw a hissy fit over the beach? I'm not going to be like that YouTuber who said, Well, Joker got nominated for Best Picture, but it didn't win. Parasite did. But then again, when was the last time anybody really discussed the movie Parasite?
0: Well, Parasite was my pick. Uh, One of okay, the best well of the I'll so. shut up about that then. Yes, yes. Or,
2: okay, but but you know, seriously, like if your pick doesn't win, are you gonna throw a hissy fit over the beach? And in all honesty, no, I'm not. I, I, I don't the winners are really the ones who invest the time in it, and at least I got to find the bad games I never heard of. But these games I've heard of. I've heard of the ones that were nominated for Game of the Year. Do I think any of them deserve a nomination? Yes and no, matter of opinion. But that doesn't mean that because mine wasn't picked or mine didn't win, I'm not going to rage quit or anything over it. But I really felt that this was also another good year for gaming, even though, you know, with with the corona and everything, putting Final Fantasy Remake, well, because it's a whole different ball game. And from what I'm understanding, too, because that game on PlayStation 1 was four discs, And you put everything now with a new fresh coat of CGI HD and not make it a turn based battle system. So they really, pardon the pun, changed the game with Final Fantasy VII Remake.
0: Again, it just comes down to it's a remake. And they shouldn't be. You should have original games. That were made, that were released, that shouldn't be even if a sequel, it's sequels. Like Doom Eternal, Doom Eternal is a sequel, but that game is fresh. It's new. It's a, it's a new creation in a sense, as far as it's a it's a second you know iteration. It's like Last of Us Two. That's also something where again it's its own game that was released for the first time in 2020. Those games should be nominated as far as for Game of the Year. Final Fantasy VII Remake. No matter how good you think it is, it's still a remake. And that's something that I think was was lost as far as it's concerned. I think it should be in its own category. And by the way, actually, Parasite, I think, was number two for me. I think it was The Farewell was number one. But anyways, I digress on that. I think at this point in time, for the Game Awards, they need to really consider the fact that Final Fantasy VII Remake should not qualify for a game of the year because the fact, again, it wasn't a game that was originally released in 2020.
2: Yeah, but here's the problem, though. I mean, and going back to other award shows, how many things have been remade or sequelized that still found a way to get a nomination for Best Picture of the Year or Best Thing of the Year? So video games, listen, the problem is is that they're out of ideas, and I think that it comes down to three things. Money, reviews, and whose palms are being greased for these award shows. I've tried to watch these award shows. They're not that interesting to watch. And you know what? At the end of the day... It's just going to be an excuse to see it on PlayStation 4, Game of the Year, selling it for $30 less. But between you and me,
0: probably check out Hades. Doom is a shooter, so... I really, um, I'm really, i really interested. I've seen Doom Eternal now for quite a bit. I'm really interested in getting back into the world of Doom. Hades is something that has gotten a lot of steam. Under the radar, a, just a lot of people are really into it. Like you said, it looks a lot like Diablo, but it's something that I'm, I'm very interested in checking out as soon as I can, Hades. But again, it just goes back to, are you in with Final Fantasy Seven Remake not yeah. being placed in its own category? Because I think that ultimately you have to ask yourself, this was a game that was not originally released in 2020, so I think it should be in its own category with other remakes that were done, well done or not done, because there were quite a few remakes that were well done during the course of 2020.
2: I think it's gonna go to Last of Us 2
0: for whatever reason, but I'm really crossing my fingers for Hades. Well, we'll find out what's going on with the Game Awards when it comes up later in December. I know there's gonna be a lot of people checking out for the world premiere videos, and we wanna hear your thoughts on the nominees for the Game of the Year game awards 2020 that's animal crossing new horizons doom eternal the final fantasy 7 remake ghost of tsushima which i think is also going to get a lot of great pub and i think that's also a high contender for that award as well hades and the last of us part 2 i wouldn't be surprised if ghost of tsushima or hades gets it but we want to hear your thoughts out there on that please what do you think is going to win the game awards game of the year for 2020 we want to hear your thoughts Pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com. Well, before we hit the half hour break and our great interview with Liz Priestley of Concrete Cowboy coming to Netflix in 2021, my friend, you watched the Lego Christmas holiday special. I have been sworn not to see it yet by my daughter who can't wait to see it until the weekend. But of course, during school week, you're not supposed to really go ahead and do that. So, need I digress? My friend, the Lego Christmas Holiday Special has hit Disney+. Plus. Was it good or was it something that was just so bad it reminded you of a Star Wars Holiday Special in a galaxy far, far away?
2: You know, this makes up for Episode 9. It's really cute because anything that I feel that has Lego and it's animated, they have this charm and this sarcasm that I just feel works uh, spoiler free because you know you haven't seen it yet it it just deals with this would be kind of episode 10 i guess where ray is teaching finn the way of the force but she finds a way to travel through space and time and she actually interacts with episodes one through nine and hilarity will ensue and what i enjoy about this is that it, it's not just another time travel plot but you also have the emperor that is a lot more fun he's kind of gargamel-esque in this for some reason and i do love how you're going to see a famous star wars villain meet his counterpart from the past and the two fight which is great and also see another episode one character that never got his credit in, in a really great cameo the point is the voice acting was great. The storyline was very cute, very cynical, very sarcastic, the way that you wanted it in, in a Lego franchise. And I really love the fact that how they're still gonna celebrate Life Day the way they did with the original holiday special. This one is a lot more fun because it's not just having 45 minutes of Wookiees just going, rrr, rrr. I give it a B for the fan fiction, so it's definitely worth it, but I feel you can only watch it
0: one time. But we want to hear your thoughts. How good, in your opinion, was the Lego Christmas Holiday Special that's now on Disney Plus? Share us your thoughts, pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, we're coming up right after the break with a great interview with Liz Priestley of Concrete Cowboy. She is going to be coming up on Netflix in 2021. I had an awesome conversation with her, and that's coming up after the break. And then right after it, Noe and Fine and myself are going to close out the show with the Fresh Prince 30th Anniversary Reunion, Black Friday deals that I'm talking about. And yes, Charlie Brown, wah, 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 is coming back to regular television. So we're gonna go ahead and talk about that at the back end of the show. This is the PCC Multiverse.
1: Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end. What will he get, how will he get it, and how well will he do? find out in
0: 2020 and we're back with the program it's gerald glass for coming right back at you here at the pop culture cosmos i've got another awesome guest right now coming onto the show uh, she has been a part of what's upcoming with another great outing for netflix that's going to be concrete cowboy and that's going to be out in 2021 i just got the news it dropped the other day on all the entertainment outlets that concrete cowboy starring Idris elba and my guest today is going to be appearing on 2021 on netflix so you got to check it out they didn't say when so i won't press her on that but it is liz Priestley, and liz <laughs> thank you so much for being on the program today it's so great having you on the show
3: thank you so much for having me it's such a pleasure i'm excited to be here
0: well i'm excited to have you on the show as well I know Concrete Cowboy is something that, uh, I mean, first off, when you read the story behind it, it's very interesting, intriguing, and obviously having a high profile name like Idris Elba, who here on this show is one of our favorite actors, just, we put him on everything. Okay. Oh, Johnny Depp's fired. Let's get him there as Grindelwald. Oh. Uh, need a James Bond oh let's get him as James Bond so we always seem to get Idris Elba involved with everything not like he's not busy enough this year but first of all I just got to get this out of the way because I know every podcaster asks you how great was it to work with one of the finest actors on the planet outside of yourself of course in Idris Elba
3: well well, you know Um, yeah no he's he's exactly as cool and as charming and as good looking and as sweet and kind as you think he is and that's that's what makes it almost even more devastating because it's like you get you you meet him and you're just like yeah where where is your flaw like you're just a perfect human being you know um no he was he was awesome I mean he I I I actually spent the majority of my time with Caleb McLaughlin, who plays my son in the movie of Stranger Things, Fame. I had a lot more time with him, but I had about a day and a half with Idris. And, you know, I was just like wetting myself. I was so nervous. I was like, I can't believe I, I have to like act opposite this human being and, and, and then be like, you know, not just act opposite, but it's like I'm his wife and we have this very kind of tortured history and I don't want to give too much away, but you know, so to say the whole plot of the movie is the fact that I'm just at the end of my rope. And I'm like, that's it to my son. I'm like, that's it. I've done everything I can for you. I'm going to go dump you on your dad's doorstep in Philly. So, you know, it, it, there's a lot going on with our scenes, but, he made me feel very comfortable, which I was so grateful for. And he was so sweet to me. He said to me at one point, he's like, so what would I know you from? And I was like, Oh no, this is my, this is my debut. is my first film. I don't have any other credits. And he was just like, wow, I get to be in your film debut. And I just thought that was like this, this, like, like sir you clearly have that backwards i should be sitting here being like i get to make my film debut with you you know it's like but um yeah he was awesome he and method man who's also in this movie they were very big hits with the cast i must say cast and crew for sure
0: well absolutely <laughs> like i said we're like would you have idris elba on one side and you have well, everybody, you know, he's listed as Clifford Smith. But yes, like you said, Method Man on the other. I mean, you have this. And then, like you said, you also had Lorraine Toussaint. I mean, that's an all-star cast right there for you. And to be a part of it, I know if you just you had to be going through the roof when you heard that you got this production, you know, and got to be involved with it.
3: I'll be honest. I was basically in shock until I showed up because I, I just was like, the whole process, like I didn't know at first that I was seriously, I, I don't think my manager, I don't know if she knew or if she just purposely didn't tell me that, you know, this is Idris Elba's wife that you're auditioning for about halfway through the audition process because it was a multiple audition thing. But the whole time I was just thinking, I was like, there's no way there's there's no way that this unknown from Philly, sure, we'll give her the part. So I had kind of convinced myself the whole time. And and even towards the end, it was like, they must be looking at me as a stand-in. They're not gonna give me this part. And and then when I got the part, it was just kind of like, Really? Really? Like, when are they going to come to their senses and be like, no, we can't do that. We got to get her out of here. So the whole time I was just waiting for them to be like, I'm sorry, Liz. We have to let you go. We're so sorry. There's nothing wrong with you. You're great. It's just, you know, we need someone famous. And, you know, like, I had to go to horse camp. For a day because I have to get on a horse in this in this film, and I was afraid to tell them I'm allergic to horses because I was like they're gonna fire me. You know what I mean? Like I was like they're gonna fire me. You know? And then come to find out that Idris is allergic, and Caleb is allergic, and a couple other people are also allergic. So fine. But yeah, I just I kept waiting for them to be like, "What are we thinking? Get this girl out of here! She's terrible." so
0: <laughs> Well, it's a great story for you, and uh, I. I- like I said, I'm just truly thankful that that you were able to go ahead and complete the production. I want you to tell everybody out there about not necessarily any specifics if you need, because obviously it's still something to come out on Netflix. And it is Concrete Cowboy. It's coming to Netflix in 2021. No specific date yet, yes. but look out for it. You'll get that nice trailer that's going ahead coming up in front of it, I'm sure, just before it comes out. But it, it details the yes. black horse riding community in and around the Philadelphia area. And that's something I want to really want to hear more about. Were you aware of it first off? And how much did you get involved with as far as, you know, the type of study that you had to do before you went on set?
3: You know, that's a great question because I I had no clue that they even existed until I got this movie. And in fact, in my costume fitting, I'm jokingly said to the costume designer, so this is a fantasy movie, right? And she was like, no. And I am born and raised here in Philly. I had never even seen, you know, the the riders going down the streets. So after my thing, I was like embarrassed. And I was like, let me do a deep dive real quick and see what I can find out. And it turns out that the black cowboys. So at one point in the country, almost all cowboys were black at one point. And the term cowboy in itself, it's a slavery term. If you worked with cows, you were a cowboy, like a stable boy, house boy, cowboy, that kind of thing. So it started with us. Then Hollywood sort of got the narrative and ran with it and whitewashed us out. And you have, you know, your your John Waynes and Clint Eastwoods and all of those characters that we kind of think of when you think of the cowboy. But these Black Cowboys have been in major cities around the country since the Civil War and Philadelphia is one of the more I would say prominent ones even though I didn't you know I didn't know about it and I know a lot of people around me don't know about it a lot of people I've spoken to about this movie don't know about it so I'm excited for people to really see the movie because yes it is a father son story but it's set against this really beautiful you know historic framework that is all true and What's really cool about our movie, about Concrete Cowboy, you will see is that several of the cowboys from Fletcher Street Stables, which is where we shot on location in North Philadelphia, they appear and play cowboys in this movie, including one named Mill Prattis, who plays a lead role and his story is so gorgeous. And I, I'm not even going to say anything about it because it's such a wonderful storyline, but he is actual boy from North Philly with no acting experience whatsoever. You know, I've got 25 years of theater behind me, so I can at least have that to fall back on. Mill had no acting experience whatsoever and literally plays like a role opposite, you know, Method Man, Idris, everyone else. So it's a really, it's a really cool opportunity for people. Like I'm hoping when people see it, they go, wait a sec. Is there a group like that in my city? hang on, let me get on the internet and do a little dive. You know what I mean? That's what I hope people do.
0: Yeah. And and that's something that obviously is the goal of the movie is to enlighten everyone that there is this community, that there are more communities out there that are part of this. Yeah. And that's something Idris wanted to go ahead in interviews. He's already talked about that. That's one of the driving forces why he made this film is because the fact he wanted to go ahead and bring to light this type of information to people out there that, yes, there was this community trying to get rid of these stereotypes. And as someone who it just looks like I'm already excited about the film already, and I'm looking forward to watching it. But I'm really thankful that this film is going to be out there on Netflix because it does bring to light and, and kind of takes away a lot of those thoughts that everyone has had, those those things that we've been taught, those things that we've been told, those things that have been misinterpreted through time that are totally incorrect and actually yeah. tells you a real side of the story.
3: Yeah. I mean, I've had a couple of people say to me, um, Oh my goodness, I don't remember reading this in, in our history class. And I'm like, yeah, and you won't because they're not in the books anywhere, you know? So, and yeah, I mean, it just, and Ricky too, because there's a whole conversation about Ricky Staub, the director who happens to be a white director telling a black story. So there's a lot of conversation around that people I'm hearing in interviews and stuff. And personally, I have no problem with it because, you know, this is a guy who lived in Philly for almost a decade, who really fell in love with this community. And it was like, you know, he was driving down the street in a cab and saw the, the cowboys and was like, what? He got out of the cab and followed the guy to the stable. And it's like, we have to tell this story. You know what I mean? So, I give much respect to him for that too. And and that's how he and Idris linked up because they have the same agent or whatever. So yeah, I'm excited for people to really learn about this community and not just in Philly. Although of course, Philly has a special place in my heart because of, that's where I'm from. But yeah. you know, like I said, there's, there's several across the country and they're losing funding very quickly. And so I hope that this, enables people or really just moves people to be like, wait a second, that's a real place. I want to help them. Where do I, how can I help them? Where do I send my money? <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause they need it. It's yeah. keeping our kids off the streets. That's their whole goal. Teach our kids skills, how to bond with, take care of an animal, give them a place to go, skills to use, all that kind of thing. And so I, I love it. And I hope people I hope people fall in love with it,
0: too. Well, you said yourself, you've been working in theater for close to 30 years. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And now this is your first major production as far as from a film standpoint. Has this or do you think it will lead you into some more great projects down the road?
3: I hope it does. I mean, you know, I've always wanted to be a film actress. All all the steps that I've taken with theater and everything else was always with the idea that it was going to lead me to here. So I really hope that it does open doors. I will be honest, COVID has thrown a wrench into everything, just like everyone else's industry, but it really made things slow down and... You know, cha- it changed. It changed everything. I mean, every production I hear of going back into business, I keep hearing within like weeks, it's they're shutting back down. You know, so that makes it hard. Auditions are are few and far between at this point, which is sad. And um, you know, so we just don't know. But if this, if ordinarily, if the, there was no pandemic, then ideally, yeah, hopefully this would be, you know, opening some doors and creating some opportunities so i'm hoping that that isn't lost with this because you know i i want it. i want to do more <laughs> i want to uh, do more
0: <laughs> you want to see that imdb page go off the page you want to see that listings yes. right there go off the page so i don't i don't blame you a bit
3: yeah, I want to brag about you know oh, I work with this director and oh, I had lunch with you know Barbara or somebody I don't know but <laughs> I want to come on. <laughs> I definitely want to do more. I I enjoyed it so much. I loved the process and it was very much like a dream come true type of situation for me. So
0: yeah, I'm hooked. I want to do more. Oh, well, I I spoke to, Shan- to find a way. I spoke to Shannon Wilson, actress who has said. <laughs> yeah. uh, said so much about the the things that are going on on set and how productions are being delayed and the ones that aren't have a lot to go ahead and and deal with as far as the protections involved so I hear you on that but in your favor is the fact that the movie isn't even out yet so when it hits Netflix and you know the type of promotional machine that goes behind one of the projects that they really get behind so I'm hopeful for you on that and that it'll blow up that, you know, if we can go ahead and millions and millions and millions of people go ahead and watch Charlize Theron go ahead and shoot up people, Chris Helmsworth shoot up people, Ryan Reynolds shoot up people, <laughs> that you can at least take the time to see this, like the Five Bloods this year. That was a great movie in and of itself, Netflix, that they promoted, that they took the time to go ahead and and push, and probably will do so again during award ceremonies and whatnot that you'll be seeing later Uh, on this year, because it'll probably be on a lot of 10 best lists and whatnot. I'm hopeful for your movie that will get that same kind of love from Netflix, and I have a feeling with with the kind of, I guess, promotional power that they have when you have 200 million people that are subscribed to the network, that you're gonna go ahead and get just that. And hopefully it will be that big boost that you're so looking for.
3: I hope so, I mean, you know, Netflix has a pretty good relationship with Idris. I mean, a lot of his projects go through Netflix and he's directed original content for them. So, you know, I, I would think they will be hopefully jumping behind it and really, like you said, putting it out there. So yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful. And, you know, in a, in a pandemic situation, a thing like Netflix is kind of the best thing you could ever hope for because everyone's and you know, I have Netflix. I know everybody else I know has Netflix, you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, this is a good opportunity. everyone we'll have an opportunity to see it. So I'm I'm excited. We'll see what happens.
0: Fingers crossed. Keep your fingers crossed. Fingers are crossed. And I can't believe I'm saying this. It is a much better opportunity than if it went straight to theaters at this point in time. I could not believe in my lifetime I would ever say something like that.
3: Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? And I said when we were shooting this before the pandemic was even a thing, uh, somebody said to me, well, multiple people said to me, they were like, oh, aren't you so excited? Parents are gonna be able to go in a theater and see you up there. And I jokingly was like, yeah, well, just my luck. It'll probably end up on Netflix or something. And here we are.
0: And here we so, are.
3: So i learning to be fine with it. <laughs> oh. No, I, I, I think if they did it in theaters now, it would be not seen. Because, I, I mean, I'm not going to the theater.
0: And, and a whole yeah. lot of people are not going to see, see the movie in theaters as well. I mean, the in, domestically, you have what uh, I think movies, the highest movie that grosses right around 3 or $4 million, which is nothing. It's absolutely That's nothing. That's not a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah.
3: The budget's bigger than that. You know, it's like, oh. So, no, I'm glad it's going to be Netflix. I don't know if I jinxed myself or what. But I think... in in this situation I think Netflix is the best of a bad situation really but I think yeah you know everybody I know has Netflix so I you know I'm excited for when it comes out I I think I'm gonna have multiple like zoom viewing parties or something and I'll just you know maybe the month it'll come out I'll just be like a, a every weekend I'll just be like I'm hosting <laughs> another viewing of concrete cowboy you know yeah, i'm excited it should
0: be fun. it'd be so funny because any one of your friends that you send those messages out I'll just be like okay okay this is the fourth watch party she's invited me to <laughs> <sighs> but she's my friend i gotta go ahead and do it and see I, it again
3: <laughs> i said to my friend i was like i really kind of want to watch it by myself the first time so i can like prepare myself she was like not i was like oh okay. <laughs> so but i have so many people that you know originally were like oh man when that comes out in the theater i'm going with you girl i'm gonna go see with you and i was like cool now we can't do that so i think i think just multiple zoom viewing parties with groups of people and yeah it'll be interesting and i i think it's gonna be very surreal to see it i've only seen 30 seconds and 10 of those seconds was my face like in profile i saw like 10 seconds of my face in profile and i was like and then i've seen the little clip that everyone else saw that was released in september so that's it that's all i've seen it'll be surreal
0: it will be surreal i'm sure for you but it'll be also a great moment for you and i wish you continued (laughs) success off that but one last thing i want to ask you before you head on out and that is this. Is there anything else that you want to go ahead and promote or plug before we head on out?
3: You know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not up to much, unfortunately, right now because of the pandemic. So I've just been kind of exploring a different avenue in the meantime while I'm auditioning and continuing to try to get my name out there and stuff. But I am writing. So I'm working on a screenplay and a web series. That um, I hope to have out on multiple platforms, but at least YouTube in the coming months. So if you wanna check those out, look for those. Otherwise, you can just find me on social media on Facebook under Liz Priestley, because that's the only social media I have, because I'm boring.
0: <laughs> no, you're just fine. Yeah,
3: that's
0: it. <laughs> I spend most of my time on Facebook as well. As one of my daughters would say, you're still on Facebook.
3: Yeah, you know, I have a 13-year-old also, and she's just, like, shocked that people still use Facebook. And I'm like, I have no time to get into the snapping, tweeting, Instagramming. I'm taking Instagrams of my feet and being like, Merry Christmas. I don't (laughs) know. I'm boring.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, you're not boring, but it is awesome to have you on the show It is Liz Priestley. You have to check out her work next year when it comes out on Netflix in 2021. Concrete Cowboy. You got to look out for it. It is, like she said, Method Man. Because I'm just going to say Method Man because everybody knows him as Method Man. And also Idris Elba and so much more. All-star cast. You got to go ahead and check out this film when it comes out on Netflix. Because Netflix is, I'm sure they're just going to blast it all over there for you when it comes out. It is concrete cowboy and and Liz, I will tell you what, it's been an honor having you on the program and I look forward to getting back on as oh, I see you. your IMDB list go larger and larger and <laughs> larger. Okay? From your mouth, Gerald.
3: Speak it out there. Put it out there. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: Get this woman on more thank movies. You so Get nice. this woman on more movies. Yes. Let her have the opportunity to break IMDb. There you go. So many opportunities. Yes. Let's start. Let's start something to get. Let's start something to get Liz Priestley Ah. on so many projects to break IMDb. There you go. That's the goal. That's the goal right there. I
3: love that. I want to break IMDb. What a goal! I love that. Thank you, Gerald.
0: No problem. Glad to help (laughs) you any way I can. But it is Liz Priestley. You got to check out Concrete Cowboy when it comes out next year on Netflix. Liz, I cannot thank you enough for being part of the show today and also being part of the pop culture cosmos.
1: If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library, and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis.
0: And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. I wanna thank so much Liz Priestley from Concrete Cowboy. Please check out that movie when it drops on Netflix in 2021. And I wish her a tremendous amount of success. Plus, give a shout out to the SJ Network and Steve Joyner for allowing us to go ahead and speak to her on that. So, cannot thank him enough for doing it. Plus, also, as well, you're going to catch us at IndiePods United on November 29th, noon Eastern. So, check us out there. We're doing a special 30 minute pop culture cosmos in front of everybody at the IndiePods United as several, several. Several podcasts will going to be there, plus entertainers, comedians from Saturday Night Live, and so much more. If you want your ticket information for it, because there's going to be panels, workshops, ways to help you get into podcasting or help your podcasting, you want to go ahead and check it out today, IndiePodsUnited.com. Tickets are still available as of this recording at $10 for the entire five-day event that starts November 29th. And again, we'll be there November 29th at noon Eastern time. All right, my friend, before we head on out, I want to go ahead and honor real quickly the 30th anniversary that just dropped on HBO Max for The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I appreciated Will Smith's character at that point in time because you could see how much he commanded and the charisma that he had. And you could see the level of success he was going to be on the road to getting. But I'm glad to see the living members of the show got a chance to have a reunion. We're going to be seeing these reunion shows happen more often. Are you happy because of it? Does it? Is that cool that these shows from the past will be reuniting? But yes, a lot of people have some fond memories. Obviously, it was a great starting point for Will Smith to go on and explode to one of the biggest names out there. So you know what? I'm glad to see that they're going out and reuniting. I'm glad to see that there's Fences Mended. And if you want to get a chance to check out the 30th anniversary reunion of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air... Please check it out today on HBO Max. But before we head on out and before we talk some Charlie Brown... Black Friday deals, my friend. I know you said you weren't really shopping this year for this Black Friday, but Target is really eyeing me as well. Not only do we talk about some great deals, Josh and I, as far as from what Walmart and GameStop and Best Buy have been doing, but I'm going to Target now and I'm seeing this 65-inch television for 229 and I'm just really intrigued by it. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a decent TCL 65-inch 4K unit. Uh, they've got a lot of other great specials as well that, that are out there. But I'm telling you, my friend, if you're still interested in getting something out there, this could be the time to do it. And again, there's a retailer after retailer starting to throw out those deals now and on Black Friday itself. Unless
2: there's something I really, really, really wanted. And I, I can't think of anything this year. It, it's sad, right? Adulting it, sucks.
0: <laughs> adulting sometimes does indeed, but... There are some pretty good specials that you might want to check out. Actually, the best place we go is any of the Black Friday sites like blackfriday.com. So you can have it all in one place as far as looking at the ads. But Target is something that everybody wants to take a look at. The 229 65-inch television obviously is something that's drawing people in. And of course, everybody that is interested in the console, just trying to find a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox series at this point in time is very difficult. Every time that there seems to be a drop of, at least a small amount of PlayStation 5s or Xbox series. It seems to go out just like that. So you know what? Black Friday is going to be a tough time shopping it. But if you can, at least you do it from the safety of your own home. For the most part, most of these deals are online. So you want to check that out. BlackFriday.com or any Black Friday site should be able to give you all the information you need. But if you always need help, let us know. Popculturecosmos@yahoo.com, at yahoo.com and we'll be able to go ahead and give you some guidance on where to go and where to look for for Black Friday deals coming up very soon. Whew. Been a good episode, my friend. I cannot kind of thank you enough again for sitting in a big chair. But before we head on out, wah 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 wah. Charlie Brown. It seems like Apple Plus. I'm going to say probably a lot of public pressure was put on it and a lot of public backlash when the Charlie Brown Halloween special, unfortunately, was only made available on Apple+. Plus. Now, you could have seen it free during a limited amount of days, whether you're an Apple Plus subscriber or not, but Apple Plus is now going a step further and making it all their holiday specials that are going to be made available at some period of time on PBS, so you're going to have to check your local PBS listings on that. But I want to hear your thoughts. It's not coming to CBS or ABC or NBC, but PBS. I want to hear your thoughts on Apple Plus saying, you know what, we're going to go ahead and let everybody have a Charlie Brown holiday special on broadcast television after all.
2: I've altered the deal, Charlie Brown. pray I don't alter it any further so it's one six half dozen of the other
0: but right now 2020 could use a lot of charlie brown specials because they make the heart feel good for us let's hope it's a good charlie brown holiday for you as well what are your thoughts out there on the charlie brown holiday specials being shown and being allowed to show on pbs by apple plus share us your thoughts pop at yahoo.com my friend we came through a great episode high and dry I'm back on with Josh on Monday's show on the Pop Culture Cosmos, where we'll be talking even more great things that are going on in the realm of pop culture, but any last thoughts on the way out?
2: Happy Holidays to everybody, use common sense, and I promise you it's going to be okay.
0: So for knowing and Fine, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great You have 30 seconds to describe Thunder Talk. It's pop culture. With a twist. It's music. LBGTQ+. And comedy. Well, dark comedy. It's nerd junk. It's comic books. Video games. Conventions. Yeah, nerd junk. And social commentary. It's woke, yo. Yeah, and nerd junk. Woke nerd junk. Thunder Talk is all over the place. Every place you want to be. Thunder Talk is a proud member of the ESO Network. Find us at thundertalk.org and download us on all podcast platforms.